0: Hello and welcome back to the True Crime Guys podcast. I'm Mark.
1: and I'm Michael. How's everybody doing? It's cooling down, man. Fall is in the air. People are getting excited. I smell pumpkin spice.
0: Fall is here. Yeah, we just made some pumpkin cookies yesterday.
1: Oh man, ship me some, will you? Pumpkin,
0: pumpkin chocolate chip cookies. They tasted like pumpkin pie. They got some chocolate in there, dude. They were yeah, they were fantastic.
1: Demolished.
0: Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And with fall comes, you know, a lot of stuff we love. Football season, for uh, those hunters out there, hunting season is here. You get that crisp morning, and you know that you're gonna be out there yeah. looking around. And uh, sometimes you go out hunting, and and you don't come back, and that's happened that's a few right. times. And that's that's this case this week. I thought it was a an appropriate times. time to cover a case where hunters went missing.
1: Yeah, it is appropriate. But this case is what twenty something years old? No, it's old. Yeah, it was
0: eighty five. It's over thirty years five. old. Oh wow, they went it's missing over 30 in eighty five
1: yeah yeah it's like this about 35 cool. 35 years old and this might be our first uh, and it actually took place in michigan in northeast michigan yep. which is i think this yep. might be our first michigan case
0: there's no way we had we've had to have done a michigan case by dude
1: now. we've we listen we've hit all around it chicago wisconsin um pittsburgh and all that stuff i don't know if we've hit michigan in particular all those
0: michiganites are have been so mad for so long and now now's your right. time. it's here. Gosh.
1: Speak up, Michiganites! <laughs> but to, this <laughs> takes place this in th- such a rural area, though. Probably we could probably have know, no right? listeners like, in there.
0: It's, it's nowhere near the popular areas of Michigan. It's
1: no those people are the people that are where this took place are out there enjoying nature. They live they live in God's country, what a lot of people call it. You know, mm-hmm. like big, fresh lakes. Um, you know, you're right on the border. Lots of snow, but also lots of lots of nature, lots of trees. Probably cheap land, flat, usable land. You know what I mean? Very usable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is beautiful out there, man. Lake Michigan and that all that in there. That's it's a really nice area. My dad's from uh Detroit. Well, Detroit Grand Rapids area, right in there. Nice. So yeah, he's told me a lot about Michigan and I've visited a few times in my life and I've always been impressed with it. Of course I, I don't I don't like to go in the winter. We went in the winter one time and I remember I was probably like 10 11 years old and dude snow was like up to my mid thighs. I was like this is terrible. <laughs> this is not li- this is not living. Like how do you how do you live in this? I, I just right. No sir. I can't do it, man. I can't yeah. do it. I can't I've have always
0: I've always been fascinated by like when you watch like the Alaskan shows where they they basically spend the entire summer preparing for winter and then it's like 4 months of just being hemmed into the house. Like what are you doing in there for 4 goddamn
1: months? How is that I, I worth just don't it? get it. I couldn't do it, man. No, you, do it. you mean, can only
0: play so much Monopoly, man.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, let's say, let, I mean, even if you got Wi Fi, you got internet, you can only watch so much Netflix, man, before you go insane. Right. There's just so yeah. many things that I like to do that require, you know, movement, dry land, and, and like, you know what I mean? Like a field yeah. or a yard or, or just being in the woods. Like, you can't even enjoy that with that much snow, at least in my, I mean, I, I guess like if you got snowmobiles. Like, now, don't get me wrong, snowmobiles.
0: You know how fast I'd become an alcoholic if that was the way I was living in Alaska. Like four months of it being inside during winter, and it's dark outside. You don't even get any, like hardly get any sun at all.
1: Oh, dude, you'd be I'm so depressed. Like, at yeah. just 10 a.m. Downed.
0: I'd be like, it's not, it's about time for a beer.
1: It's about it's about time for a whiskey, bro. I need something to keep me warm out here. You know, yeah. <laughs> warm and sedated. <laughs> right. Just waiting so for summer. This-
0: so this case, um, this is one of those Cold Case Files episodes because th- th- I don't know if I've talked about it before. I think in the Q&As and stuff, I've talked about like the inspiration to start a true crime podcast and I talked about how I always loved Cold Case Files growing up, much yeah. like many of you out there, many of you you are listening right now, was that was kind of what got you into true crime maybe. Yeah. In my case, it was um, back in the 90s watching true Cold Case Files and this is one that stuck out with me. I want to say this episode aired in like 2003 or something, which is now 17 years ago. It doesn't sound like it, but it was. Right. And this case, like I remember watching it as a teenager, and it just it's one of those episodes that stuck with me, and I think about it all the time, and I was like, why don't we just do an episode on it? It's the Missing Hunters episode from Season 3, Episode 18 of Cold Case Files. Yes. And uh, let's dive into it if you're <laughs> well, ready.
1: Well, real quick, uh, I just want to let everybody know that you can watch – almost all of those old case files in their entirety on an app called pluto have you ever heard of this no i
0: actually couldn't find this episode but i was like you know what i'll use different sources and i can still it's still fresh enough in my mind that episode yeah. for whatever reason that I, I don't think i need to watch it again and I, so i i actually got a book and like used different sources just to kind of w- become more well-rounded with this case but yeah yeah i, I wish i would have known that because i was trying to watch i wanted to watch the episode again really but I couldn't find it anywhere. So Pluto, an app yes, called Pluto?
1: Yes, check out the app called Pluto. It's free streaming, and it's it's got live TV as well as on demand, and it's got enough to keep you entertained. It actually has two different shows called Cold Case Files. I actually mm-hmm. looked through both of them, but the, the older one, which is... The one that has this, I mean, they got yeah. probably 20 something seasons up there, dude. You could stay wow. busy all day watching cold case files. And it's like I said, it's absolutely free. Pluto and Peacock. Peacock is another uh, streaming service that's completely free. Like I'm about to ditch Netflix and shit.
0: Well, between I mean, there's between, a good reason to ditch Netflix anyway, <laughs> with yeah. cuties that came out. Right. Woo, boy, well, boy, I mean
1: between but between YouTube, Pluto, Peacock, and then I think I get Disney Plus with my phone service, man. Like you don't even you don't even got to pay there's so for this many stuff options no now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's so many options now. There we were is. we were considering going to one of those on like one of those internet uh television sub- subscription things like ViOS or like there's all these different ones now.
1: I know. And they're just giving away TV, man. For advertise. It's funny because yep. Pluto, listen, Pluto is almost like um basic cable, like standard cable like you used to get from you know your your local cable provider whatever it was I know it changes all over the country I mean all over the world obviously but um but it was basically the same package you know what I mean like you had MTV you had VH1 you had yeah, ESPN yeah. you had all your local channels you get all that shit through Pluto for free Really Yeah unreal i was all like right. how did i not know about this so you're and all with welcome. code
0: word creeper you can save 10 percent off your free subscription to Pluto.
1: <laughs> you can save 100 percent off your free
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's free with your with putting in creeper right
1: all right well tell them tell them true crowd guys sent you right or something yeah know. that's right yeah let's get this star- episode started you want to all right let's do it all right in camo overalls, no, you do too. There's nothing wrong with that. Meet the Duvals, they like breaking a couple laws, feeding people to hogs. There's something wrong with that. Beat the Duval Beat the Duval Beat the Duval Their human faces are nothing more than masks and monsters There is no understanding of pure evil Only the recognition of what it is You saw nothing Need to do ball. Yeah, there's something wrong with them. Need to the do ball. Don't you dare cross them. Need the do ball. Or they coming with all their kin Need to do ball. Something wrong with them. Need to the do ball. Need to do ball.
0: All right, our case this week, as we kind of mentioned, is the case of the missing hunters. That is the name of the episode of the Cold Case Files, is the missing hunters season three, episode 18 of Cold Case Files. That's where I heard about this case and it stuck in my head. Um, but to study for this case, I also got a book called Darker Than Night by Tom Henderson. Um, and there's also various articles around that I, I helped that helped me out with the crime line and such. So, right, how'd you enjoy a lot the book? Out there. I didn't. I can't say that I finished it all. It was 11 hours in audible form, and I only had a couple days to get into it. So I, I, you know, I kind of skimmed through and found because it's it's one of those books that's very descriptive about stuff that's not even necessarily important when you're just trying to do a crime line. I've talked about many of these books. So I was skimming through. I had it on you know like one and a half two times speed a lot of times, and it was very informative. And I did learn some stuff from the book that helped me with the crime line. So yeah, I would say it's a good book. I just wish I had more time to like just sit back and enjoy it instead of like. Trying to burn through it to like I'm studying for a test, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, cramming. But I would I would recommend it
0: if you if you're looking to if you got a long drive coming and you're all out of podcasts or something, it's it's a good book and it's available in Audible form too. So Darker Than Night by Tom Henderson.
1: Yeah, because from watching this documentary and the documentary is pretty thorough. Um, but you just felt like man, there's a lot of other people that knew some shit about this that could have been interviewed. Right. There's a lot more backstory on these guys that that could have been very beneficial. Um, exactly, but. Yeah.
0: Well, when they, when they I, I want to say, it, I said the episode of Cold Case Files aired in 2003, and that's when the new stuff about, like, that's when this case broke, and when it became not cold anymore, when they, they had suspects, it went 18 years, and in 2003, they made the episode because new stuff occurred, and they now had suspects, um, so I think it was still fresh, you know, they didn't have, <laughs> they, they, they need to almost revamp that episode, like redo it with more information or something, but.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's a lot yeah. they could put in there, it's, and those testimonies thing, that came out later is that that's what makes that whole documentary worth watching. Is like when you oh, hear yeah. what actually went down by by firsthand mm-hmm. accounts. I mean, that's what took that case to okay, interesting. I wonder what happened to holy shit. This is like right. the Walking Dead shit.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. So Neg- what was it, Negan?
1: Yeah, it, it, yeah. Seriously, uh, yeah, that's a little to uh, not spoil it too much, yeah, but a little yeah. Spoiler there.
0: Um. And also one thing I found kind of funny was it, there's a, a YouTube interview with the author of Darker Than Night, Tom Henderson. Um, someone interviewed him at like a library, and he was talking about how he doesn't know why this book's called Darker Than Night because it just really doesn't make any sense. He's, but he's like, I guess they just thought that would get more sales on the book because it sounds interesting. But he's like, right. it really wasn't a dark night in Michigan. It was There was snow on the ground. And there was a full moon out, so it was, like, really bright. That's why the witness was able to see what happened so well, is that it was almost as light as daytime that well, night.
1: Well, and yet
0: they called the book Darker
1: Than Night. Well, I think they're saying that the, the actions that took place that night were darker than night, not the so The souls
0: much. of the individuals who perpetrated this crime was darker yeah, than that, night.
1: Yeah, that's accurate. That's accurate. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah so this, this story takes place in Michigan, um, right at the, the, the peak of um, deer hunting season. It was, like, late October when this occurred snow on the ground hunting is you know in full swing and you know how hunting in michigan is and all, all across the midwest it's it's a way of life for most of the population early, and especially was back in the 80s even That's more right. so
1: yeah deer deer and large game very prevalent up there man you know how everybody older it is the bigger they get
0: yeah and everybody <laughs> kind of dropped what they were doing in the first week of hunting season
1: oh yeah people taking things, off things work good luck trying to get some time off work during that time <laughs> know right you better put in like yeah. six months in advance yeah if you work at like one of the car factories or whatever could you imagine trying to get off like if you work at like gm or something they're in well shit a lot of the get...
0: businesses probably i think a lot of the businesses just shut down for that week anyway so they, no one even has work because the, obviously the the bosses want to go hunt too so uh,
1: well the bosses can go whenever they want everybody knows that that's true <laughs> <laughs> them car manufacturers you stay are still work, slinging just... parts boy <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> motor city
0: yeah so two two uh men that were, you know, that usually went out and hunted every year that lived in Michigan during this time in 1985 were David Till and Brian Ongen. They were best friends from the time they were in fourth grade. I forget which one moved to uh, Detroit around that time in fourth grade, but as soon as they met when the other one, when one of them moved over there closer to him, they, they were fast friends and they stayed friends all the way up into adulthood. They grew up in a, uh urban Detroit they went to Catholic middle school together. They went to the same public high school together, graduating the same year in 1976. And in 1985, when this story takes place, they were both 27. So, so you know, young. Yeah. God, so young, yes. man. And they had they had their lives on track. They were doing. They were both doing really well.
1: Yeah, they um, they seemed as though they had you know happy happy wives, happy marriages at the time. Uh, family. Well, one was, one
0: was married. The other one was uh, in a serious relationship. With, uh, had a girlfriend. But okay. yeah, same concept. Right. So, David in 1985 was a machinist living in the upper middle class suburb of Troy, Michigan. He'd been married for eight years and had no children. His, mar- his marriage, uh, according to the book, uh, had its had a rough point, but they had made it through it. I want to say his wife something happened, his wife wasn't happy, she wanted a divorce, but then they went to counseling and they they got things back on track and she said she was very happy when uh, he went, by the time he went missing, they were in a happy uh, marriage again.
1: Hell yeah, man. You don't hear that often about, you know, being able to come back. Counseling actually working. Yeah, yeah, counseling actually. (laughs) Yeah, when you hear marriage counseling, people, you're like, oh no, it's only a matter of time, you know. At least that's what it seems. But hey, this is one of those those few cases where it worked out.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Brian uh, was a mechanic living in St. Clair Shores, Michigan. He had a serious girlfriend, and rumor was there was talk of marriage. Um, and I think his parents were pushing that. He was his, he was the only child, um, kind of a spoiled only child, Brian was. Uh, they want some grandkids. Yeah, I'm yeah. guessing. By the time he's 27, they're like, you better hurry up.
1: Yes, yeah, seriously.
0: <laughs> Clock's ticking. Right. Both Brian and David were good, straight-laced, upstanding citizens and still best friends after all the years. And on November 22nd, also it was November, late November when this occurred. Sorry, I said October. Right. Um, it was around Thanksgiving this occurred. Uh, on November 22nd, 1985, the two head out on their yearly hunting in White Cloud, Michigan. They were headed for a cabin, um, and they would be driving David Till's Ford Bronco. At this cabin waiting for them would be David's brother, Matt, and a bunch of other men. like They were acquaintances. I want to say it was also David's dad would be there and a bunch of other dudes. Um, it was going to be kind of a bro fest at this cabin. There's going to be a right. lot of drinking, farting,
1: yeah. and <laughs> a lot of crotch scratching. Not a lot of yeah. probably not a lot of deer shooting really. Not a lot of hunting no. going on, I don't nah. think. A lot of shooting the uh, shit. More of like that's a frat party for older dudes. Yeah, that's right. A little getaway, complain about the old lady. Yeah, I know what's going on here. The old ball and chain. Yeah.
0: Now, that being said, David and Brian were were not so into that they weren't really even into into hunting all that much they liked to get to get away and go out to the woods and and hang out and and relax but they, they a lot of times they never even hunt like i want to say it was i have it in here they weren't really uh, avid hunters, and David had never even shot a deer. He went out almost every year regardless, right. but it was more like he would – there it's, was times where he would watch a deer walk right in front of him, and he wouldn't pull the trigger. He just wasn't really in, that much into it.
1: Right. He's more there for the camaraderie. You know, it, that's how yeah. – that just goes to show how big of a tradition it is in that area. You know what I mean? Like even Yeah, they, if, they even felt if the need to go like even hunting, when they weren't into it. Yeah, exactly, because you're going to miss out, and plus all of your friends are there. You know what I mean? <laughs> All your local exactly. friends and family, they're all going to be there, so you might as well go and hang out. You know, It's part of the tradition. Yeah,
0: yeah so they get together, and um, they were supposed to pick up a couple of other buddies. There was two other guys that were going to ride with them up to to uh, to White Cloud. Um, those guys backed out last minute. They couldn't make it, and so it was just going to be uh, David and Brian. And as they're driving, I think it was kind of like a, just a spontaneous decision that they, they decided not to go to White Cloud, to the cabin with all the, you know, drunken dudes or whatever. They, they just weren't feeling that vibe this weekend. Right. And so they decided to make a turn and head instead for a different town way far away, three hours away um, on the, you know, northeastern Michigan as right. opposed to the, the western side of Michigan and the further, Mayo.
1: And the further you go that way, the more rural it gets,
0: correct? Yeah, I mean, you were exactly.
1: really starting to get spaced out when you go in northeast mm-hmm. Michigan. You're hitting some yep. small towns, if anything.
0: Yep. Yeah, so rather than White Cloud, the two decided to go to Mayo, Michigan, in Oscoda County for their hunt. Uh, it's a three hour difference. They wanted to visit an old friend. They did have a friend in Mayo named Dennis. Um, that, that was kind of part of the plan was to go over there and see Dennis. And also, I think they just wanted to avoid the the cabin situation. You know, it was gonna be crowded in there, a lot of farting and drinking going on, and they just weren't, like I said, feeling it. Yeah. Um, and so they, they headed to, towards Mayo, and no one knew the, about this change in plans except for them. They didn't really make their families aware. As far as their family knew, they were headed to the cabin. Um, they You, you would think they probably should have stopped and made a—this is 85, so stopped at a payphone and made a call at some point just to let their families know that they were headed three hours away to a different location to hunt.
1: Yeah, that would have been ideal. At least let somebody know. At least let the people at the right. cabin know that you weren't going to stay. You know, somebody— but they were probably afraid of the hazing and whatnot. Like, oh, why are you guys coming? What, you don't want to hang out with us? Yeah. You know how that That, and also I
0: think this was an exciting change of plans for them. This was like a, I don't know, like a brocation almost. Like, me and you are going to do some fun shit that only me and you know about. Like, it's going to be uh, some, mem- we're going to make some memories. They they It kind of seemed like they wanted to go to somewhere where no one else knew them. And, yeah. And kind of, it seemed like they wanted to get laid. Basically they wanted to cheat on their, their wife and uh, longtime girlfriend. Oh, there's a lot man. of evidence pointing to that. Interesting. Um,
1: so that would be why they didn't tell anybody. Exactly. And why they're they going were looking so for far. a good okay. time. Starting to unfold now. Yeah,
0: there's a lot a lot of evidence that points to this, um, and we're about to get into it. So uh, once arriving in Mayo, they were spotted in multiple bars on Friday, November 22nd. So that was the day they left. They got to Mayo, and that night they're seen in bars. They were allegedly drinking heavily and uh, apparently looking for women. Um, They were also spotted at two bars on Mayo on Saturday, one called Walker's Bar, where he met a man named David Welsh. Um, and he was asking they were asking David Welsh where they could find some girls and he was telling them not here this isn't the right bar you need <laughs> no. to go up to you need to go up to Northwood Gardens bar um, where they then went and tried to give a piece of paper to some women at North uh, Northwood Gardens where they basically didn't get the response they were looking for they were rejected uh. Uh, they were then seen later that night on Saturday they pull up into a, a man's driveway who later testifies to this uh, you know, situation that happened where he sees a car pull into his driveway he goes out there and these two men are asking for directions they're clearly drunk there's an empty he can see an empty case of uh beer in the back seat and he said that they were holding a map upside down they were that messed up <laughs> oh,
1: <my God>. <laughs> so. <laughs> i'm sorry like i hate that the fate that these guys met but this is just a funny like it's a funny yeah. little beginning to this story here right i didn't know about all this i didn't know about this stuff you know it doesn't go in this depth in the documentary. And plus they have no. to be careful saying things like this in a documentary, you know, about- Yeah, about, about two men pic-
0: that were, had met a bad fate.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, this is, I mean, this is all public record at this point. It was in the book. It's been, you can find it- oh, right, uh, In various yeah. articles and stuff. So I mean, it's not anything I'm just making up. This right, is and you're talking about a 30 year old
1: case as well, so. Yeah,
0: yeah. So they were then spotted again on Sunday in Mayo at a bar called Linker's. Brian, uh, while, in, while in Linkers, they were acting very inappropriately, according to several witnesses. Um, a key witness who would later uh, testify said that uh, Brian grabbed her butt while she was there. A woman named Barbara, who we'll talk much more about later. Hmm. And then David Till allegedly rubbed his crotch up against her when she was playing pool, I believe. Um, and they were seen in Linkers acting inappropriate with several women. Pretty ballsy for you know two Tourists essentially to a small town like this in a rural area to show to roll into town and just start acting inappropriately with random women at bars. Very ballsy move.
1: Yes, it is. Because you don't, yeah, you don't know anybody. You don't know if these women are there with somebody or Mm -hmm. what this deal is. Yeah. They might
0: have thought, you know what, we're two tough urban Detroit guys. We can handle ourselves in this hick town or whatever. Yeah. We'll be fine. Uh huh. But you never know what kind of inbred families and such you're going to run into when you go to these towns. And,
1: yeah. Or yeah, what happens. Just some good old country boys out there, man. Yeah. Hey, them big corn-fed boys now. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful.
0: Yeah, so that same evening, local police officer Richard Smith, this later comes out, and it did not look good on the, the local law enforcement in Mayo. Um, this office, This police officer later admitted that he was dispatched that night to Linker's Bar over an alleged dispute between some hunters and a couple locals. Um, rather than respond to, the, he hated these type of calls. He didn't want to get involved in a bar spat. And so rather than actually go there and do his job, he sat at a nearby store and waited for things to blow over. Oh no. He later admitted that. So, and he really could have stopped everything that happened had he done his job. Oh
1: no. Yeah. Oh, um, man, that's hard he right then, I didn't he, know about that either.
0: Yeah. And he later admits that that later that night after the whole bar thing and him, him waiting for it to blow over, he saw a Ford Bronco pull out of a ditch near leaker's bar Uh, linker's bar and decided not to pull it over because it was near the end of his shift and he didn't want to deal with the paperwork if it was a DUI-type situation. Ah,
1: damn. Yeah. Could have caught
0: the, uh, you know, killer's red-handed had he pulled that Bronco over because I'm thinking it wasn't Brian and David driving that Bronco at that point.
1: That would be, a I think that would be a correct assumption. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, when the men did not return on Sunday evening, their families became worried um, and when neither re- returned in time for work, the families were frantic at that point and knew something was wrong because they were, as we said, they were good citizens. They you know, were steady workers. They didn't miss work, and they certainly wouldn't just decide to stay extra days without calling at least their, their family and their jobs to let them know they were staying longer. Right. So searches were made, and it was discovered that apparently the two men had taken a turn and ended up in the town of Mayo, Michigan, so their families finally did realize. First, they were, they were obviously looking... Um, where they were uh, initially supposed to be in White Cloud, but after talking to the family members, like the brother and the father in White Cloud, they were told they were never here. And so they they had to go on a wild goose hunt to find out that they were actually three hours away in Mayo, Michigan, where they were spotted by many people.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, so... um, yeah, so they were—they were, the families finally learned that they were actually in Mayo, Michigan. They ended up spending time in a local motel, and instead of hunting, it sounded like they a lot of their time was spent at local bars and doing some heavy drinking. The searches went on for weeks, then months, and finally it got to where the case was colder than the Michigan winters. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, this this case That's goes cold. cold. That's real cold. Yeah, it's very cold. It's frozen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Frozen, every
0: year, it's every year. It seemed as though there was a new story about uh, around the anniversary of when it became missing, of when those two hunters became missing. It was kind of local local legend and lore in uh, Mayo. You know, these two guys oh, showed dude, up it was and probably, then disappeared, and
1: the families are still looking for them. I would say every town around that area, I would say northeast Michigan, was taken aback by this case. Mm-hmm. Like this was big news. I mean, this these are small towns out here. You know, and that, that kind of word travels fast. Something that. Drastic. But ultimately,
0: I, I ultimately I think. Everyone that knew Mayo and knew this county well, yeah. knew who did this. Like there, uh, there was yeah. this family was this, this this family that we're about to go into was no secret. I got this large I got extended that vibe family. As well. Yes, sir. I got yeah.
1: that vibe too. Yeah.
0: Um. So some say it was just small town rumors. Some say it was retaliation against a family who feared who were feared around town. While others said they knew just because they had heard it from other people themselves. But the word was that the Duvals were behind this, and the Duvals were well known in this county and in and in Mayo. It reminds me, uh, actually, I didn't even think about this until now. But what was the the one case we did where the guy McElroy Ken, Ken Rex McElroy, yes, remember him? Ken Rex McElroy. Where that small town? Everybody feared him because he's just a tyrant. Yep. Killed in broad daylight. Killed in broad daylight. Yep. That's right. Uh, or no, the book was just called "In Broad Daylight," I believe. But yeah. Right. Similar. In that... You know Ken Rex McElroy, everybody couldn't stand him, and he was just a mean, scary person to everybody. Yep. That's like, this is like that in Mayo, except way worse because there's way more of them. Like this is an entire a huge family of brothers and cousins that were just tyrants, and even yes. the law enforcement feared them because there were so many of well, them and they were just violent.
1: You know what? This reminds people. this reminds me of as as well is a case that we did with strange and unexplained, the Alonzo Brooks case that was just featured on Unsolved. Oh Mysteries. yeah, that small town. Remember was that Wisconsin?
0: or something where was that
1: uh that was in kansas oh and then everybody is like when it happened everybody knew who it was but nobody was speaking up but then like Mm -hmm. then rumors started and they're like yeah it's definitely this i can't even remember the family name now but they're like it's definitely that family like everybody knew and then they bragged about it you know what i'm saying yeah but there's so many similarities to this case but that case is a lot a lot you know a lot more fresh so hopefully they'll meet the same end if enough people can, can you get the courage to come forward. You know what I mean? Because I think yep. that case can be solved the same way that this case was, ultimately.
0: Exactly. Yeah, so so a lot of rumors had been started in Mayo following the disappearance of these two hunters and a lot of a lot of the rumblings were that the as we mentioned the Duval family was behind this. Donald Coco and Raymond J.R. Duval spent much of their time in the 80s living in a succession of trailers and small houses in heavily forested woods of northeast lower Michigan. Uh, they cut firewood and dealt in junk cars for a living, supplementing their incomes with poach fi- poached fish and game. So they would just go up and, like, kill farmer's cows and then drag them off. They they'd had no, no qualms about uh, breaking the law, and oftentimes the law wanted nothing to do with trying to stop them either because it was dangerous for – you would better call in a lot of backup if you're going to try and stop the Duvals from doing something. They'll yeah. kill you on the spot.
1: Apparently their family loyalty and their reach uh, ran pretty deep. They had a lot of yeah. people who were loyal to them or part of their family mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and I think people were just unsure who you could trust when talking about the Duvals.
0: Right, <laughs> you might be telling a cousin about how shitty those Duvals are, and they're yeah. meanwhile they're one of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, they show up on your property that night. Exactly. Yeah, these dudes were that. That's one thing you can say about them. Uh, they weren't. They weren't blowing smoke, bro. They backed up the no. shit that they said. They were very serious. The evil people, in my opinion, yes, yeah, so
0: as you as you kind of said the the Duvals ran deep. there was seven brothers and one sister to the in the direct bloodline of the Duvals, as well as a large extended family with many cousins that would show up on a whim uh, when they heard somebody needed help within the family yeah. to help them fight if needed, there was a lot of fighting going on, you know they were filthy,
1: you know who they were all loved pigs. They yeah, they remind me of that a... redneck family on the Simpsons where they, the guys got like 12 kids and they all got shotguns in their back pockets. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> they actually reminded me a lot of the McPoyles from Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh
1: yes, the McPoyles. <laughs> oh my god, they're so creepy with their bathrobes. Probably
0: always drinking yeah. milk like.
1: Oh. It's god, gross. Those, that just I love like that the one guy with the shorter hair though. Like both of those guys are great. But the one guy right. with the shorter hair that does a lot of the talking, that guy is a great mm-hmm. actor. He's actually really intelligent.
0: The main McPoyle? Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. That dude is like really smart, but he always just plays like a cringeworthy character. You just want to slap him. But I'm like, right. damn, he's a good actor, though. <laughs> right. Such a good actor.
0: Brilliant. So let's go through the McPoyle brothers. McPoyle. I just called him McPoyle. The, McPo- Sorry, <laughs> uh, the Duval brothers. Let's go through the Duval brothers. Okay. Um, so Kenny was the youngest son, and they were, they tormented this this kid. Uh, all the older Duval brothers when he was younger,
1: right. So I'm sure his, um, he turned out great.
0: Yeah, not quite. He turned into a crackhead at oh. one point. Um, they he was a woman beater. Just about all of the Duvals uh, beat women. That
1: seemed like um, a rite of passage for the Duvals there.
0: Yeah, that was just what they did. They, they learned it from their father. You yep. know, that was their father. Actually, we'll get into something he did, and he was actually shot by one of the sons. We'll get into that. Um, there was Tommy the worm Um, (laughs) there was Frank who was a sexual predator convicted for assault of a 15 year old when he was 32 there was Randy I don't have much on Randy but uh, Mm. you know he did some stuff Um, then there was was Rex who went by Rexy who this guy let a pig live in his house with him he kept the rest of his pigs in an abandoned bus in his backyard so Rexy's got quite the property going on there nice there was uh, Raymond, who went by Jr., uh, who, when his father, he was a teenager at one point, and his father was, as we mentioned, they they like to abuse the their women. Um, the, at one point, uh, the the uh,
1: his dad was was assaulting his mother,
0: right? Yeah, the Duval father was stabbing yeah the the Duval mother um, actively, and Raymond actually stepped in and shot his dad with a twenty-two to stop this this assault on their mother.
1: Right. But didn't kill him, though. No. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. Wasn't close enough. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so Raymond, uh, or JR, also, so he's the one who, who stopped the father from killing their mother, basically. He also ended up later serving in Vietnam, had several failed marriages and children, So had uh, actively, in 1985, several outstanding warrants, uh, owned a bunch of pigs, and at, at one point, allegedly, ate pig shit on a bet Uh, for a bunch of his biker friends.
1: Yeah, that sounds on par. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. I'm going to go ahead and say that happened. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) And then there was Donald Coco, um, who played a big role in this case, who was an alcoholic woman beater, much like the rest of the Duval brothers. The Duval brothers were feared in Mayo and surrounding areas. All they did was fight, drink, steal, and tend to their hogs. Uh, One law enforcement official said, quote, they were three levels lower than deliverance. Damn. Ding 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 that's ding way ding, down ding, there,
1: boy. Ding, 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 right, you hear an out of you tune. Gotta, you gotta have some music, banjo bro.
0: in the intro, yeah. You gotta have some banjo in the intro for this episode,
1: yeah. That's some out of tune banjo music for them, bro. It's just sounding terrible, right? It's haunting, <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, so back to the missing hunters. Um, following their disappearance, dozens of lakes and rivers had been searched, fields dug up, cadaver dogs called in, aerial searches conducted, and ground penetrating radar employed. Police even acted upon tips from uh, psychics, but no trace of the men, their belongings, or their truck was ever found. And uh, as we mentioned, the case ended up going cold for many years. The investigation was spearheaded by the Michigan State Police and Relentless Detective Sergeant Robert Bronco Lezinski. Uh You definitely want your, if, if, if you have a family member go missing, you want a guy nicknamed Bronco looking for him.
1: That's right. That's right. Robert man. Bronco Lesnitsky. Anybody with a Bronco ain't taking the name Bronco ain't taking no shit, man.
0: Yeah, and, and ironically, it was they were driving a Bronco, the two missing hunters, they which were. is kinda weird. That thing was nice. Maybe he took an offense that, to it.
1: Yeah. That was a badass. It was one of those full size Broncos too. And it was an eighty five oh, yeah. Bronco. So it was brand oh, new. Those are it was brand new in the classic. Yeah. Those classic. things are still badass.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, actually ford coming out with the new broncos the oh, new broncos ford's coming out would look dude, fucking awesome i, I was like dude i need to pony up the dough to get one of these no well, pun intended,
1: I, no pun intended. <laughs> I would man but have you seen those new jeep trucks though those wrangler trucks oh, oh yeah those are sick too oh that's my favorite that's my favorite vehicle out right now bro if i could have anything one of these days jeep truck one of these days bro let to get me one of those
0: Come on, Patrons. Everybody sign up for Patreon yeah. so I can get a Bronco and he can get a Jeep truck. Let's start a GoFundMe
1: <laughs> so we can get yeah, new right. cars. We really, we really do. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not really. No, nah, we're fine. Yeah, we good.
0: Yeah, so Bronco Bronco Lesz, eventually focused on the Duvals after all the hearing all the rumors, but getting witnesses to talk was nearly impossible because talking would likely be a death sentence to anyone who implicated the Duvals in this crime. Um in early two thousand, so he was still going around. He was going door to door and asking people, and I think a lot of times they would they would secretly be like, "I know you know the Duballs did this and whatnot, but I just can't testify to it because i'm you know I'll be dead right. and uh, he had to understand how that goes,
1: yeah, even um, people who allegedly were there would would make it out like well i it's all rumor, right? I just heard this from right. this person I heard this from this person. It's all hearsay so obviously the the police can't use any of that. I mean it's yeah, and the police uh, the
0: story they were the story they were hearing was that you know, the Duval brothers killed these two hunters and fed them to their family pigs. And that's part of why they I think they didn't push as hard to to get the Duvals for so long is I think they found that story to be far fetched. Yeah. Um, however, sometimes truth is just as strange as fiction. Yes. It Um, can be. And pigs are actually a great way of body disposal. If you've seen certain films they've they've shown this.
1: There's Yeah, there's not a trace left. And these guys had a lot of pigs. We're not talking about like two or three pigs that it would take a while to Mm -hmm. eat. No, we're talking probably, what would you say? I would say somewhere between 20 to 30 pigs, at least from what I could tell. Mm-hmm. I mean these, Between all the brothers between, I'm sure yeah. that
0: was Maybe a low estimate
1: Yeah I mean I think they probably Had that many pigs each Is what I'm saying Whatever <laughs> whatever farm they No seriously Like whatever farm They took them to I think they had right. That many pigs each Like they Somebody who brags About pigs And raising pigs And shit yeah. They got a lot of pigs
0: We're talking Willie Pickton level pig Wh-
1: Willie P- <laughs> That's right <laughs> Yeah Old Robert Pickton man Yeah He was up In Canada right Yep Yeah just across the line From these guys Yep
0: Yeah, so uh, the Duvals at this time are still continually bragging of the murders, knowing that no one's going to have the balls to to implicate them. Uh, They're bragging to family members and friends uh, who seldom told police because they feared retaliation. The brothers told several people that they disposed of the bodies by feeding them to pigs, and also, even a step further, that they had put the, the men through their bodies through a wood chipper first and then fed that to the pigs, the slop that was I mean, mm. I mean, it's gnarly to even say the slop that was left of their their bodies, but right. that would be an easier easier way for the pigs to consume them, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah. If the bones were broken down, yes, yeah, it um,
1: would. I mean, that really would. There'd be no trace. I mean, that's 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 a done deal right there. But yeah,
0: it makes makes. I, it can, I can't help but think of the movie Fargo too when you think about cold winter up uh, up up in uh, the Midwest and uh, somebody being put through a wood chipper is very Fargo esque.
1: Yeah. Ugh. Were
0: you going to say something?
1: Oh no, no, I'm
0: good. Okay. <laughs> uh, despite the campaign of fear, witness uh, statements trickled out over the years, including sealed testimony from the Duval's own brothers at a 1990 Oakland County grand jury, jury hearing. So they're getting the police are getting closer with all the pressure Broncos right. putting on, uh, asking more and more people about this. And I think as time goes on, they get a little less afraid to talk naturally. Right. Uh, right. The final. And the final piece of the puzzle came in 1999 when a, te- a tip led State Police Detective Sergeant Robert Bronco to the doorstep of Barbara Boudreaux, um, and she was the key witness. She had witnessed this, this crime. Um, basically, was they parked in her driveway and uh, murdered these two men within like feet of her house, so, and she had walked out and witnessed it with a friend, and we'll get into all that. So for several years, she had refused to fully cooperate out of fear the Duvalls would kill her, um, and she'd actually received warnings every time the police came by to investigate the missing hunters. She had been threatened and told that she had pretty granddaughters, and allegedly they, the Duvals, may have even killed her dog after the detectives came to talk to her. Um, the Duvals basically started to use fear tactics. Yeah, I wouldn't put her. that
1: past them at all. They wouldn't hesitate no. to do that. Not at all. Yeah. I think they threatened her the night of as well. I think she let her claim. Oh, they testimony. did. Yeah, they did. We'll get into that. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, so finally, under oath at a special hearing in 2003, 18 years after the Hunter's disappearance, she admitted to being a witness to the murders, and she tells a very dark, just horrible tale, um, and that is one of the things that you said makes that Cold Case Files episode so compelling is they play the footage of her testimony um, and what she witnessed that night, which would haunt anyone forever if they had witnessed what she witnessed.
1: Absolutely.
0: Just horrible. Horrible scene that she paints vividly um, walking out into the, you know, into the snow and seeing this field with this, these men and this, this you know, and, thing occurring.
1: And yet I still feel like she said it too easily. Like mm-hmm. still too easily. <laughs> I, I, well, it had been
0: eighteen years too, so maybe it wasn't as that's like, true. That's true. Tough. She had thought about it so many times, talked about it so many times, probably in private, that it just was like second nature to that's her now.
1: True. That's very true. It's very true. Well, I didn't think about that. But in the so what she it just felt like it did come off easy. I was like, man, what has yeah, this woman seen? You know? <laughs> I mean, she was
0: not a perfect witness. She was definitely not a perfect witness, and we'll get into that. Right. 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 Um, uh, so what her, the tale she told was that she and a friend who was now deceased at this point had been at the bar on the night of the disappearance. She had seen the hunters and the Duval brothers exchange words in the bar. So she was the one who had gotten her ass grabbed at the bar, um, had been basically sexually assaulted by both of the victims in this case, right. the later victims. Um, and then she had also seen at that same bar the Duval brothers exchange words with these two hunters at the bar. Um, and I'm sure these two hunters had no idea what they were dealing with when they got into it, because these the Duvalls were not big men. They were undersized. They weren't really physically intimidating, right. unless you knew their reputation. Um, so if you're just two, you know, Detroit boys in town, you're not scared of these couple of honky, small guys. Right,
1: right. You're um, right. There, there was nothing intimidating about them as far as their looks. Yeah, yeah. Just them attitudes, uh, boy.
0: So she leaves the bar, she goes home, and a short time later, one of the Duvals br- parked their car in her driveway. She didn't lo- live far from the bar, you know, only like a mile away from the bar. And despite having the television on, she was actually watching Scarface with a friend. <laughs> um, she and her friend heard noises. So she goes out, her and her friend go out to check out what's going on. She's hearing some odd noises, some, you know, men talking and whatnot. Sounds aggressive. Right. The area around her house was wooded, so they began to sneak outside to see if they could see or hear anything more. They made their way through the woods a bit and could see that upon the the, the road, two other vehicles, one being a black Bronco, were all but facing each other for spotlights. And it opened up into like, uh, it seemed like it opened up into a bit of like a field, a snowy field at the time. Right. So they're in the woods hiding, watching this field, and they can see two vehicles parked with headlights, and they can also see... Uh, the, the the hunters from the bar right. and the Duval brothers, two of the Duval brothers, if maybe more, who knows? Right. Um, I'm sure there were Barb other her,
1: people around, man. That close to the yeah, bar, everybody was coming there's out. Speculation to see that
0: there was. There's speculation that there was other brothers other than Jr. and uh, uh, Coco. Yeah, yeah. Involved. Um, and as Barb and her friend watched, they first saw David beaten with a baseball bat. Brian attempted to take off and run, but he was caught and brought back to where he could be seen, um, and he was too beaten with the bat. And they were pleading for yeah. their lives at this time as they were basically put on their knees and be- bludgeoned to death with an aluminum baseball bat.
1: Man, the part that really, that really got to me was during Barb's testimony, she spoke about David because David was the one that was hit first, right? Mm-hmm. And before he was basically hit with the final blow, he just reached his arm. he's like stretched his arms out and looked around and he was like is seriously no one going to help us?
0: Mhm.
1: And everyone just stood there. Wow. Yeah. Like that that That's horrible. That is terrifying. That's not that's not right. only horrible, that's terrifying that just a family could have that kind of control over a whole community. Right. Or like you said maybe it was all family standing around.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, I think it was Duval. Duval, either direct family or extended family. But I, I mean, do think it was definitely more than just Jr. and Coco that were there. there I, was, mean, I think there was other brothers and cousins or whatever.
1: God, like, what kind of piece of shit do you have to be, or how afraid do you have to be of somebody to be like to just stop them from killing them? I mean, like, even if even if I was one of their brothers, I feel like. I mean, I like to think that I—I I mean, if I was one of their brothers, I'd be a piece of shit. Obviously, uh, I'm not saying right. I'm anybody special. I'd have been raised like a piece of shit. But I feel like I would have been like, "Hey, guys, for your sake, like you've made your point. Let's not kill these right. dudes and then spend our life in prison. Like, right. we got we got other criminal activity that we can do to make it by. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, exactly. I, I don't know. It just they just lost their shit. They just lost their cool and wanted to make a point. Yeah, that's all it was.
0: Yep. Uh, and there's talk that also this stemmed from some sort of a, a, a like a dispute between deer because I, I know that the that that Brian and um his and his buddy david, yeah, david. they had gotten a they had actually gotten a deer that I, I believe that morning apparently and they I don't apparently
1: know, both groups of men shot the deer.
0: Yeah, there may have been a dispute where the Duval brothers were saying that was their deer. Yeah. Or maybe they tried to steal the deer off their truck out of their truck or something when they were in the po- I could picture that happening. You know how they poached and they stole oh, no. and all that stuff. I can almost picture, you know, the uh, the Brian and David showing up to the bar to show off their deer that they got and the Duval brothers trying to snatch it off the truck or whatever and there, yeah. that being the start of the dispute. I could see that being it too.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So, um, but nonetheless, so uh, she witnesses her and her friend witness this. this these just absolutely brutal slayings occur, um, and, and she knows, no doubt, that they're dead. She says that you know she could hear. Hey, it was really graphic, but she it, she described how it sounded like their heads blew up like melons when they were struck with these aluminum bats in the head.
1: Mm. That is that is um, hard to hear, man.
0: Yeah. So there were, there were these were blows to the head and body, and Barb was certain that the men had not survived. Barb would claim that she and her friend got back to their home, and a short time later, there was a knock at the door. Could you imagine? You just witnessed that. You're inside probably shaking and freaking out and crying, and then you hear a knock at your door, and you know that the killers parked their vehicle in your driveway. Mm-mm. They had, She had to think, like, they're going to kill us now. They yep. saw us. They, they saw know us we witnessed there.
1: this. Yep. We're the only people uh-huh. there, not family. Yeah.
0: Yep. She she claims that it was Coco and Junior uh, Jr at the door, and they told her, "quote You saw nothing, you heard nothing. The, these pigs need to eat too." Just is sickening. Um, heartless, bro. And dudes are sociopaths. heartless as as human beings can get. Yeah. Yeah. Soulless. Yep. Um, she said that she also witnessed them place the the bodies of the two hunters in the in their Ford Bronco, so the the victims own vehicle, and drove away. Prosecutors finally had enough, uh, based off of, you know, this story that she was reporting, Barbara, to arrest these two men, Jr. and Coco, um, and they would go to trial with, what, with basically nothing other than a key witness. They had no physical evidence, no DNA, none of that. They had nothing other than the story of Barbara, and she was far from a perfect witness. Um, to start with, she was notorious around town for having a drinking problem and a drug problem. And she even admitted to being drunk on the night that this these murders occurred. Yeah. Um, she was even occasionally occurred to as the town drunk. So not a ton of cloud is put into a lot of stuff that Barbara says. However, this is what they're going to go to trial with. I think if it weren't for the fact that everyone in Mayo and in this county, in, in uh, eastern Michigan, if, if everyone didn't know the rep, that the Duvals were behind this and capable of this, that they would have needed more to go to trial. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. This is not like this is not typical uh, murder trial like evidence. You need a little more than just the testimony of like one person. You need some physical evidence to tie everything together. I would believe like
1: yeah, something.
0: Otherwise, you'd get be people getting locked up off of just someone lying. You know, you you need something. They didn't. They never found the Bronco. They never found the bodies. They never found a scrap of evidence. To you know, to prove that the Duvals did this, aside from a woman who was occasionally referred to as the town drunk, as we said, right. so it's pretty, right uh, pretty, yeah, pretty amazing they went to trial with what they had.
1: Yeah, um, that's balls. And obviously the, the <laughs> yeah,
0: and obviously the first questions um, as to Barbara was why it took 18 years for her to tell this story, and then if the story she told was true. But by the time she did tell her story, it was already common, common knowledge. And nonetheless, J.R. and Coco went on trial for the murders in the fall of 2003, um, not long after she finally came out and said that she was willing to testify as to what she had seen. Awesome. Um, t- the, the testimony that the prosecution put up was, uh, painted Raymond and uh, Donald Duvall as ruthless men who were quick with fists and th- threats, brawling frequently with their brothers and sometimes with their wives and girlfriends. More than half a dozen witnesses cited terror and threats as factors in not coming forward with information. Quote, their human faces are nothing more than masks for monsters, said Donna Pendergrass, assistant state Tur- attorney general, in her closing argument. She shot frequent glares in the Duval's direction as she lo- lobbied jurors. The crime is, quote, an evil so dark, your worst nightmare pales in comparison. There is no understanding of pure evil, only recognition that there is pure evil.
1: That, that's- so
0: they're basically pinning them in the light of what everyone knows they were um to
1: the jurors. Right. They were just selfish sociopaths, man. They just took advantage of whoever they wanted. I mean, imagine if Ken mm-hmm. McElroy had a family of like twenty plus people. Oh god. Dude, he would terrorize right. that town.
0: Imagine Ken Ma- Ken McElroy raising like eight sons to be the way he oh. was. That seems like how this thing spiraled out of control. It seems like the it seems like the Duval dad, I don't know what his dad was like, but it just seemed like he raised all these boys and he was just a tyrant, uh just horrible beating his wife and the kid's mother in front of them, stabbing them in front of her. Just, thought, you know, this is what he raised, a bunch of monsters. Yeah, absolutely. And so it, it would only ta- I think uh, Barbara doing doing that, uh, her, you know, the testimony that you see in that Cold Case Files episode is what sealed the deal for their fate, telling that story. It doesn't sound made up. It, she, she was kind of shaking, telling. I know you, you said she was pretty calm in telling it, but you could tell it bothered her after all those years still.
1: Yeah, and what really sold it for me was the consistency. You know, the same way she told it right. in the documentary to that interviewer is the same thing she said on the stand, and it mm-hmm. it's the same thing she continues to say. And that consistency yeah. was just, ugh. And everything corroborates. You know what I'm saying? Everything mm-hmm. just kind of makes sense. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah even down to the the uh, police officer who was supposed to respond to the fight at that bar that night yeah. that adds up and he has no reason to lie about right. that he actually ended up having an affair with Barbara by the way and that's how we found out this information about how he didn't respond to the call at the bar and how he saw the Bronco pull out of a ditch that night and didn't pull it over that matches up with Barbara's story a lot of stuff adds up.
1: So the police officer we know they were at the, the bar officer was with Barbara
0: he was he was having an affair with her and i think that's what helped kind of get her to finally get comfortable enough to testify
1: oh okay cuz she's like i have a police officer and also on my that side.
0: No. yeah okay. and in having that affair with her he ended up uh, disclosing the these details as, like you know why he didn't go to that call how he had gotten called for the dispute at the bar um and he didn't go like that's how we find this stuff out is through barbara because she was having an affair with him ah interesting crazy Crazy small-town stuff going on. it is. A lot of streams crossing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it would only take 120 minutes for the jurors to find uh, both Duval brothers guilty of first-degree murder and the bludgeoning deaths of Brian Anjan and David Till. They would receive mandatory sentences of of life in prison without parole. Uh, For the families that murdered the men, it was bittersweet. Quote, They took my son. It doesn't bring him back, but it's something, said David Till's father. He quivered with emotion outside the courtroom as he leaned unsteadily on a silver metal cane. I was glad to see them cuffed, and I can't wait to see them in chains. Um, And then Prosecutor Donna Pendergrass said, I've never had a trial quite like this. We had a witness who had some problems. Uh, referring to Barbara Boudreaux's nervousness and hard drinking lifestyle, but I'm glad after all these years we went for it. I thought the family deserved closure after 18 years, and absolutely because it was getting to that point now. 18 years later, where like the fathers and mothers of the two, you know, David Till and Brian Unjin, right? The, you know their family was getting up there, and you didn't want them to pass away not knowing, you know, who did this to their sons and getting any kind of closure, or getting any kind of justice.
1: Exactly. So. And um, there was also another key witness, though, man. What about Coco's, uh, Coco's son's girlfriend? There when she, oh, she testified as well at the end. Okay, and she claimed that her and Coco, uh, what's his real name? They, they kept calling him Coco in the thing. I can't remember his freaking real name. He's the oldest brother. Anyway, uh-huh. he's the he's the main perpetrator of this crime. She, t- mm. she Donald, Donald, Donald Coco. Okay, so she claims it was his
0: son. Wasn't his son named Doobie? I know he had a son named Doobie who had a girlfriend. Yes,
1: I think he was dating. Yeah, okay. he was dating her. Right. So she yeah. claims that one night they were sitting on the front porch. It was just her and Coco and Donald, and he told her, "If you ever thinking, if you ever think about leaving my son, you're going to end up just like those hunters." Jesus. And she said, "What? What hunters?" And he proceeded to tell her the entire story that lined up exactly with Barb's. And this girl does not even know Barbara. Now, if it wasn't for...
0: Right, and didn't even know about the story of the hunters prior.
1: Like most people No idea. And then she said she was living with them at the time. So she had to go to bed, you know, on the other side of the wall from this man who just told her this. Right? That's so crazy. So basically, if it wasn't for these two women speaking up and having the courage to testify... And actually, tell their truth because multiple people came forward and told detectives this and that. But when it came trial time, they got amnesia, bro. They got scared. They got th- yeah. And you
0: know what else is something's interesting as well is that this this thing over the course of eighteen years, the reward money for information leading to you know the killers got had gotten up to a hundred thousand dollars. And if you're start if you if you find Barbara's testimony to be you know maybe you don't trust her, you don't. You, what would she have to gain? Aside from the hundred grand, and when you find out later that she didn't even take the reward money, then you have to believe her. You know what I mean? Like there was, she had nothing to gain. She had a lot to lose from doing. She didn't this. take the money, and yet she
1: did it anyway. She didn't take the hundred grand. Damn, should have gave it to that girl, so, that daughter, or the, I mean, not the daughter, but the. the but I think
0: girlfriend. by doing by not taking it, it was her way of saying like, if you guys don't believe me. Here's the proof like I don't I'm not even going to take the reward money. I've yeah. nothing to gain. I have my life at stake here. I could get killed by one of these crazy bastards in the Duval family yeah. by doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway and not take the money.
1: That there you go, man. That's all you need to know right there. I mean, and that's and that's yeah. what we needed though. They needed these these die-hard testimonies, man. These these women who were not willing to change their story. And like huge props to them. For having the courage to do that man because you know those two men sat yeah. there right there in court and looked them in the fucking face while they're giving these testimonies i would have knowing that there's no if evidence. i were barb
0: yeah if i were barb i would have testified i would have done what she did got them locked up and then i would have taken the hundred thousand dollar reward and moved the hell, out, the of the hell out of there i would have moved
1: you know yes west yes somewhere. somewhere warm get the hell out barb shit at least go across yeah. the lake to wisconsin I, go to milwaukee it's, they say it's nice there right exactly <laughs>
0: Yep. So that's it. That's the case of the minting hun- missing hunters. It's fall. It's hunting season. Let's hope if you have family members or if you're a hunter and you go out that you come back safe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Gotta uh, be careful. Congrats out
0: there. to my cousin who just got a, a giant bull elk with his bow last week. I saw that um, on up Instagram. In Northern Nevada. Congrats,
1: man. Did yeah, you? I liked his Fucking photo. A
0: beast of a bow. He went out for 11 days. Yeah. Um and got skunked and he was so depressed. Like went home with his head <laughs> hanging low. I saw those posts and as well. He decided you know what? He went he decided he was going to go back up alone and i think it was the first day when he went back i haven't I, i'm going to see him today and ask him about it but i, I think it was the first day that he got back up there yeah. he was alone and he got a massive bull oh. um, and all the hard work paid off so good job yes. to him
1: good job man yeah cuz i saw some of his posts before that man i was like yeah that sucks he was really getting yeah. he was really getting depressed about it and i cuz yeah. i know i mean you guys you, you wait a long time for those tags man you know what I'm saying?
0: Oh, especially a bull elk yeah. tag in Nevada. It is not easy to right.
1: get. It. So, I mean, you don't want to waste it. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Congratulations, man.
0: Yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, let's get into some – let's give some thanks to some people who have taken the time to go out and rate and review the show on iTunes. It really it is much appreciated. We love to read the reviews and um, see how many people are out there enjoying our show. It means a lot. It helps the show in, in ways – I'm not so sure it helps on, like, the iTunes rankings, but it, it definitely helps to give clout to us, to anybody who's considering checking out our show. They can right. go and see all the positive reviews and say, you know what, maybe this is a good show. Absolutely. Um, and it's been two weeks. Last week we did a Patreon episode. We'll talk about Patreon in a minute. So we got some reviews to catch up on. I got to figure out what date, do you know, what date our last episode was released, uh,
1: our last freeloader episode? I don't, but you know what we could it would do? It been two Sundays I, ago we would have recorded. I could do some so All My Gaia a... while you figure that out, man. We got to talk yeah, some yeah, All Yeah, do some All My Gaia. Oh, my God. All right, guys. So, Oh, My Gaia. If you don't know what that is, that's an innovative, all-natural deodorant, fragrance, and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum-free products. Their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while maintaining effectiveness. At Oh, My Gaia, they use only all-natural, paraben, and aluminum-free organic ingredients. No aluminum in your armpits anymore. And, guys, they have tons of scents to choose from. Uh, One of my personal favorites, Egyptian Musk. I saw somebody on the True Crime Clothes Group. I ain't going to name no names, but they uh, gave me a great apology because they always snarled their nose up to Egyptian Musk. And then when they put it in their pits, they're like, oh my God, I smell amazing. And that's what I've been trying (laughs) to tell you. That's what I've been trying to tell you. It's one of my favorites. Um, but you really can't. To
0: be fair, that just, that just doesn't sound all that appealing. Like Egyptian Dude, musk. Listen, I, I like, didn't pick it either. It makes you... I didn't pick it
1: either. The same <laughs> thing happened to me. Wendy sent, sent it to me on a sample and I was hooked. Sa- the same yeah. thing happened. It's just one of those things you just have to get under your nose. Yeah, really, you have to get in your pits and just smell yourself with it. I don't know how to describe it. But, I mean, you really can't go wrong with any of these scents. None of these scents are going to overpower or overpowering. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to walk into a room right. and everybody's like, whoa, what's that smell? No, but it's but it's right. subtle, and you're not going to smell like body odor, which is the whole point.
0: Yeah, when they when they snuggle up to you, if they give you a hug, then you am like, oh, yeah. man, I don't know what that yeah. was, but that was, that was pleasant. Right. You
1: smell like a dreamsicle, you know, which is also yeah. a scent you could get, um,
0: <laughs> or a lumberjack, which is what a I'm wearing. Lumberjack,
1: today. yes, that'd be a great thing. To wear in the woods, you know, or maybe unscented in yeah. the woods. You don't want to you don't want to give that away, which is also available. So you hunters out there, yeah, if you're out
0: hunting, you want to roll with the that's unscented. Right. Right. For roll sure. with the
1: unscented. So you got unscented, you got vanilla, cherry almond, sandalwood, lavender, uh, lemongrass, like I said, Egyptian musk, coconut, leather, uh, honeysuckle, fireside. Fireside's another one of my favorites. Great fall scent, guys. You're gonna be around the campfire. Oh, oh, fireside. You just smell like that, just that nice roasted fire, you know. I don't know how to describe mm-hmm. it, but it's great. Uh
0: there's a little smoky hint at the end of it. There is. Like when you smell there it. There is.
1: And it and in a good right, way, Right. Exactly. And you gotta remember, a lot of these scents, when you if you just open a jar and you smell it, it's gonna set sa- it's gonna smell overpowering, right? It's a jar full of that scent. But put it on before you make a decision of whether or not you like a scent or not. I that's that's my recommendation at least. Um and then of exactly. course we have our very own scent made especially for the true crime guys podcast, and that is true crime pine. Guys, it has our old school true crime guys mugshot logo on there, which I love. I think it looks awesome on there um but true it's like mine. a
0: collector's item really it if you're if you're if you're a fan of our show it's you should have a jar and maybe don't even open it yeah. like, get one to use get two get one to use right. and then one to keep unopened and just and just have that, it's kind of like having a sticker or something it's, it's kind of cool memorabilia right. of the show that
1: is the that's the jar that I give people when I'm like I'm like they're like oh I want to try some natural deodorant if it ever comes up I'm like hold on I got something for you you know or next time I right. see you I'll make a point to give you some and I always give them the true crime pine you know just, it's a it's a great starter, and it's very, it's a unisex, right? so mm-hmm. um, But because you guys are True Crime Guys listeners, you can use the word creeper, C-R-E-E-P-E-R, and you can get 15% off your order at ohmygaia.com. That's O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A.com or at shop underscore gaia on Instagram. Guys, it'll be the greatest decision yeah, yeah. you made involving your deodorant. And there's also uh, scented oils, beard oil, and incense, the incense are fantastic once they're lit they stay lit and they smell amazing and burn forever much better than the uh the little cheap incense you get at walmart and shit and probably better than your local head shop to be honest they're, they're very well made
0: that's right all right all right so i got the uh reviews pulled up from the last two weeks right, i want to say thank you to chick chick in canada yes. we said great podcast five stars really interesting and good banter it's like hearing your friends chat uh, it's, it's like listening to your friends chatting good choice of crime stories and it doesn't matter if you recognize the crime already uh, thank you uh, and then we got Ikex in Great Britain said love the show five stars nice different to the usual true crime podcast also love the accents they do <laughs> please try a Wolverhampton accent what the hell yeah. is that
1: we don't know what that is.
0: <laughs> Got to be some obscure prov- like place Listen, in Great Britain, I, need, I guess. I need to hear with some weird accents. Yeah,
1: g- hey, let me hear it. Like somebody send us a, an example of a Wolverhampton uh, accent. A Wolverhampton, Mike. We'll, we'll do we'll do our best, but I I'd, I'd really like to hear yeah. it. Is it like Cockney type, type deal or what? I, I I don't even know. Right. So
0: yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I r eighty eight in the U S. Five stars. Say bunker one bunker one more time, motherfucker. <laughs> Apparently they liked that line from our right. uh, bunker episode.
1: Yeah, that was a good time. It's a good time.
0: Oh, Peter uh, Keller. Let's see. Oh, yep, yeah. Peter Keller. I want to say thank you to Chia Maria in the U.S. I'd love it. Five stars. Thank you, Chia Maria. Um, wrote a bunch of nice things. Uh, Coakley Mama's Boy in Australia. All right, All mate. Right there, Mama's These guys boy. are hilarious. Great work, guys. Appreciate it. There. Classic. Five stars.
1: <laughs> right. Gnarly. Yeah. Crikey. Crikey. This is uh, a good podcast.
0: Then we got Gracie Medors Gracie Meadows uh, in the U.S. said my faves, five stars, easily my favorite podcast. Longtime true crime junkie and this is my number one. Hell right yeah! On. It's
1: always nice to be number That's one. That's right, to somebody. And then
0: we got Zombie Killer in the U.S. said lifesavers, five stars. I'm currently in nursing school and working as an EMT, so after long hours, it can be tough to stay awake while driving home. Discovered your podcast and it's been a lifesaver. We're saving lives just like Dude, the MTA EMTs guys. Yeah,
1: I've had podcasts do that for me, man. When I worked when I worked second shift and got off late and then had to drive an hour home in Nevada, man. You know, when you're driving home at midnight, it is nice to hear a conversation, something that stimulates your brain, something that Absolutely. something that you can Absolutely. engage in. You know what I mean? Even if you're not participating, mm-hmm. your mind is engaged in processing the information. It's not like music that can lure you into a beat and the next thing you know, you're you're drifting mm-hmm. off onto the rumble strip. You know what I mean? A podcast, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it can engage you in a different way. I'm glad we can do that for other yeah, people. And as, far that's as awesome.
0: And as far as Zombie Killer, uh, uh, big props to all the EMTs and all the first responders out there, oh, man. man. That's thank you, dealing, guys. Doing the Lord's that's work. That's
1: right. Thank you guys so much.
0: Uh, then we got uh, Welsh Knitter in, the great, in great Britain. Uh, said very interesting and entertaining. Five stars. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, then we got, damn, a lot of Great Britain this week. We got Guler, Gulerod's Kaj in Great Britain, my favorite true crime podcast. You can tell that they, you can tell a lot of thought and effort has been put into the researching and content, some good banter between the two of them, thank you. Then we got Jen MTZ in the U.S. said, gets me through my long work days, five stars, with some fire emojis, hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, We got Great Britain again, man. Great Britain showing out this week. Holy cow. Hell yeah. we got uh, Amelia J in Great Britain says, doesn't make me fall asleep, five stars. you're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, we got Canada showing Uh-oh. up here. Why your product sucks, uh, in Canada. Uh, only give us three stars, nice guys, funny at times, uh, we'll take it. Well, whatever.
1: with a name like Why Your Product Sucks, I don't expect a great review. So three stars from a an automatic, from somebody who typically gives negative reviews, at least it seems, from your name. Right. Uh, we'll take yeah. it, right?
0: Seems like one of those people, if you clicked on their thing and you could see all the stuff they've reviewed, it's going to be a bunch yeah. of, n- nothing Right, good. they're just
1: ball busting. No glowing
0: reviews of anything. Uh, Then we got one more. We got Tired Lady Mail Carrier in the U.S. (laughs) uh, Five Stars said, one of the best. I love these guys started listening about two months ago. Um, and I, I'm caught up here. I deliver mail all day, and these two help me pass the time. I think it's funny when Michael gets too far ahead and says a spoiler, and Lauren says, "Yeah, we'll get to that in a bit." <laughs> you mean every show? <laughs> I think I did that at least once. Literally this one.
1: every show, I do that. I'm so sorry, y'all. Like, it's part of it, it's it's part of uh you know
0: it's part of the allure. It's, it's, it's fun.
1: Yeah, it's part of what we do. I get so excited, right? Because I don't have, I don't, we don't, yeah. we don't work together anymore, so we don't get a chance to talk about these cases or anything throughout. So I get excited when we get on yeah. here. I'm like, I'm ready to talk about it.
0: A lot of times we use different sources to study, and like we're learning things from each other, yeah. and that's part of the fun for yeah, sure. Definitely. So, you want right. to talk about Patreon and all the other stuff where people can support us. All of our social media, you can find us at True Crime Guys on Instagram at True Crime Guys on Twitter. Right. You can find our Facebook page. Give that a like. You can and uh, within our Facebook page, you can find the private group. Run by Michelle Kay, yes. The true crime guys closed group. Uh, if you send, uh, if you if you want in, just basically uh, ask for an invite yeah. in, and you most likely we'll be allowed in.
1: I think so. <laughs> as long so. as you're creepy enough. I think so. I don't think we uh, we got very high standards to get in there. A bunch of a uh, bunch right. of fellow creepers. I think it's it's well over a yep. thousand members now, and um, it's a crazy. great place to get on there and just you know share your uh, creepy memes and. Your creepy thoughts or case suggestions. Let your or whatever. freak flag fly. Yeah, exactly. There's no, there's no judgment there. We're all a bunch of creepers in that no. area. So uh, yeah, that's no. a great place to find like-minded individuals and also other podcasts as well. You know, if you're looking for right. other stuff like true crime guys or or stuff, just whatever in true crime, at all. There's lots of uh, lots of great suggestions there. People that can definitely help you out, point you in the right direction. Um, but the best that's way, right. best way to be a true creeper, is Patreon.com/slash/truecrimeguys. Am I right? I mean, that's the best. That's the number one way to keep the wheels of this podcast rolling, and also to get everything that True Crime produ- True Crime Guys Productions has to offer. Um, guys, if you've never heard a Patreon episode, well, well, you could just go down and you know listen to a freeloader app, of course. Um, but at Patreon episode after Patreon episode, guys, we bring our A game. There's lots of banter. Uh, we have a lot of fun. We're a lot more laid back, and a lot of those episodes be- end up being a lot longer. Um, and there's probably, gosh, how many audio files are on Patreon now that are exclusive? I'm going to look
0: right now just because we always speculate. I, so I'm going to find out right yeah, now what you guys it's get. Gotta be you... Close to it's got to be
1: close to 100. It's got to be close to 100 other audio files that you haven't heard. Um, True Crime Guys exclusives that get released every month as well as a, uh, a small show that I did called uh, Higher Thoughts with Michael um, that I did is a 35-episode series. Um, so you can listen to that from start to finish. Uh, that is available on Patreon as well as some just uh, conversations between me and Lorne where I just call them up. Maybe I quiz them on some mafia slang or just things like that. Uh, there's outtakes. There's videos. Sometimes you'll
0: sometimes you'll release the intro for the this week's Freeloader episode yes. uh, early on our Patreon yes, page. Yes, if
1: I'm, if I'm able to finish the, the intro in time, uh, before the release date, I'll throw it up on Patreon. Just see what see what you guys think about, it or the patrons think about it. And it gives you it also gives you a little hint too. I, I don't give you any clues. You get to listen to the intro in its in its entirety, and if you get to figure out what the case is, then then cool. But otherwise, you'll never know. So I try to do that as often as possible. I've been trying to do that as often as possible lately. I just started it a few weeks ago. So um, so that is another perk on Patreon as well.
0: So. That's right. I can't find the exact uh, number of audio files we have on there, but it's a lot. It's over a hundred.
1: It's got yeah, it's gotta be well over hundred.
0: Um, and the only way to hear last week's episode, if you're wondering if you're new to the show or you're a freeloader and you're wondering why we didn't put out an episode last week on our main feed, it's because we did a Patreon exclusive episode last right. week on the imposter. Uh if you've seen the documentary, the true crime documentary, The Imposter, that's the episode we did. It was yes. about that. Um, the
1: the missing boy, Nicholas the, the, the Barclay. The disappearance
0: of Nicholas Barclay yes. and the person who Pretended to be him and came back as Nicholas Barclay. And then, uh, yeah, it goes into a lot of stuff. And it was a fun hour-and-a-half episode that you can get access to by going to TrueCrimeGuys.com. No, TrueCrimeGuys.com, you can find a link there. But if you go to <laughs> Patreon.com slash TrueCrimeGuys, sign up for 2 bucks a month. You can sign up for a yearly membership, too, for $21. Right. You can get a full year membership, and you don't have the monthly hit on your card right. for $2. bucks. you are just paying full for a year, and you're done.
1: Exactly, exactly. That would be ideal. And then you guys have access to that. That Patreon exclusive every month. That's the I'd say that's the biggest prize. I mean, that alone I think is worth two dollars. Right? Because it's 'cause it's Absolutely. typically an hour and a half plus. And like I said, if if especially if you guys enjoy our banter, you know, we don't we don't cut it back none on that. We go. If we hit a tangent, mm-hmm. we just ride that tangent out, you know, until Lauren finally guides right. me back on the track. That's usually how it goes. <laughs> so <laughs> All right.
0: You want to talk about your our other shows, our other true crime guys productions? Ooh, man,
1: we got some housekeeping, don't we? That's what happens when you've been doing a show this long. Um, yeah, that's right. If if you let's say, yeah, guys, I already know about all this shit. Would you quit telling me all the stuff I know? Well, do you know about strange and unexplained? Because that is our other show, uh, where we tackle unsolved um, or t- unsolved missing persons or just strange phenomenons, cults. Um, I really enjoy doing cults on there. Um but strange and unexplained you can find that anywhere you listen if you just search true crime guys in your podcast app whatever it may be it's on if you search true crime guys on spotify both true crime guys and strange and unexplained will pop up you'll see the the uh, two velociraptors on the logo that podcast is is fresh i just started it in april and um it's a little bit different vibe than true crime guys it's it's more um it's more of a monologue style more I guess more a little more production goes into it and then Lauren has a segment at the end where he it's called Lauren's synopsis. And that's where Lauren comes in. He breaks it down, he fills in some of the gaps that I miss a lot of times um or adds information that is as very interesting as well as gives his opinion on what may or may not have happened. So it just kind of gives you some different different perspectives as well. And I also play audio. I play, you know, 911 calls, interviews, uh news reports, uh anything that I can find that is uh relevant to the episode. Just to kind of help you guys put this whole story together and uh try to get a feel for it all within 30 to 40 minutes. So,
0: it really is a great show. If you like this show, you'll like that awesome. show. If you like if you like Michael's personality, it shines in that show, and he dives deep, and and there's a lot of production. It's it's really well done. So go give it some love. Check it out. Yeah, I think we're. Um, he's been doing it for a while now already. You've been already been doing it for several months. Yeah, since so. April.
1: April. Uh, what was it? April sixteenth. I think it came out.
0: Right as the pandemic really got going is when your show. Your, yeah. When uh, strange and unexplained got going, ironically, strange and unexplained.
1: Yeah. Uh, tomorrow. Well, this Monday. This this past Monday. You're, you guys are listening to this on Wednesday. Uh, so this this past Monday, I just released episode twenty-five, I believe. So if you're if you're unfamiliar with that show, pretty good little binge there, twenty-five episode binge. Um, and of course, there there's a Patreon available for that as well, uh, patreoncom podcast, where you guys can find two other shows that I do on there called the one called the Palette Cleanser and one called Strange Shorts. Um, both of those shows average around twenty to thirty minutes as well. So. I mean, there's lots of content under the True Crime Guys Productions umbrella. And uh, we appreciate all the support that you guys give in any way that you can support True Crime Guys Productions. We appreciate it very much. So
0: that's right. Are we done with all uh, the housekeeping? I think we're done. All right, Just good. good. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Keep
1: creeping. Keep creeping, guys. True Crime guys, in the desert we like a mirage It's okay if you clicked on us cause you thought we was True Crime Garage Now we ain't mad at you, sit down let us talk at you I'm talking to the Creeper Army, we out here making murder murder, True Crime guys, in the desert we like a mirage It's okay if you clicked on us cause you thought we was True Crime Garage Now we ain't mad at you, sit down let us talk at you I'm talking to the creeper army, we out here, make it better, charming